Hello friends and welcome to the midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath, and the two gentlemen with me today, we rotate the squad again. So the ever-present is producer Roscoe, Ross Halls, Ross Tradamus. How the hell are you, my bearded friend? Cold. Always cold. cold. You've got there's this, thing, there's this thing called heating, I assume you have in your house. Yes, but you know, I hate that feeling when you wake up in the morning and you come out of your bed, covers over, and you're like, oh my god, nope, stand in, stand in bed. Are so you still I'm, in bed? I'm st- I'm still in bed, but I'm on top of my bed, so <laughs> I'm not laying in my bed. I'm top of my bed, so hello from my bedroom. What's um? I I, I I'm already regretting asking this question before I've actually asked it. But what do you sleep in, Ross? Uh nothing. Just yeah. What you sleep? You sleep as nature intended. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Well, no wonder you're cold, mate. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of hair though. Got a lot. I've got hair legs. <laughs> hair all over my body, so keeps me a bit warm. Excellent. Lovely mental image you've given us there, uh, yeah. Ross. Naked. A hairy Ross naked in bed, <laughs> cold, <laughs> shrinkage. Uh, anyway, um, Hutchie Hogan is the other man with us today. Now, obviously, he was taking a well-earned rest day on Monday. Um, Andy, how are you? How was your trip to Blackpool? And and how are you feeling about things as we speak right now this second? <laughs> um, I, I feel like I want to tell tell you all that I sleep naked too. What? Um, Do you really? Yeah. Do you? Maybe yeah, I'm weird. Maybe yeah, I'm well, odd. I, I, yeah. I, sleep, I, sleep, I sleep clad in, in sh- well, shorts, I guess you'd say, and, and a T-shirt sometimes, sometimes on how cold it is but I've, I've never really got into the sleeping naked vibe um so yeah mate, again obviously you you are your pursuit at least on your back so maybe that helps <laughs> helps with the heat yeah possibly just uh yeah it's just the way just the way i've always done it i always think that's you know that at some point there's a chance you're gonna have to confront an intruder and when that happens i don't want to be naked <laughs> That'd be the least of your worries, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, if you're if you're genuinely like trying to scare someone out of your house, Duncan Ferguson style. Yeah. Like, if any, if anything, that's probably going to help your cause. It could be an advantage, couldn't it? If, yeah. If, if, you, if, you, if you run, you're meeting two veg jingling. That, yeah. That's probably that's probably quite off-putting for an intruder. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. I've never really thought of it like that, but. I think I probably would be more scared of a, a guy kind of running towards you with a cricket bat completely naked <laughs> than uh, rather than rather than wearing shorts. So yeah, that's Good another point. that's another advantage to it. I am clothed yeah. now though. But you too are, as I understand it, on your bed. I am, yeah. I've had to move rooms today due to um due to uh oh you, you you'll you'll enjoy this we'll have the final touches are being put to the new bathroom it's being the ceiling is being painted and the walls as well lovely but, but uh because that is next door to the uh the home office i've moved into the moved into the bedroom today but yeah i'm fully fully clothed and have been up for hours i'm not convinced ross has been up for as many hours no just to clarify though um we are all being paid for this you boys are sat on your bed we're about to talk nonsense about football and this is how we make our living boys it's absolutely stealing a living um speaking of which actually before we get into the football and there's not that much to talk about um since we we chatted on monday with uh, with your good friend stuart watson we have to talk because town won so spectacularly at blackpool finally after it feels like years 
an old challenge, an old promise has come back to haunt you, you are going to have to tackle La Beast, a kilo of burrito, as I understand it. So uh, I think this is the most interesting thing we're going to talk about on the pod today. So let's jump in. Hutchie, how are you feeling? What, how's it going to work? When are you going to do it? Did, did you talk about, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to Monday's pod. Did you, did you, talk, did you talk about this at all? On, we mentioned uh, on it. Monday, we mentioned it. Obviously, it's hard to talk about it because you're the man who's got to do it. Mm. Um, so we set it up. I said we'd certainly talk about it today. I can't believe you haven't listened to Monday's pod because it was an excellent pod. I mean, obviously, you weren't on it, so you're probably not interested. But um, yeah, not bothered. Not bothered. But actually, so it's where is Lab East? It's Peterborough Services, isn't it? Well, it's primarily Peterborough Services, but they are. It's at El Mexicana, which is a kind of a motorway service station treat but there aren't very many of them the, the one that we really encounter is peter i think there's a couple a couple elsewhere so uh slight issue is we did pop in there on the way home from blackpool on sunday morning and um i don't think it's on the menu anymore it's been that long they've removed it yeah i think you know how like restaurants and stuff are cutting down their menu sizes and things yeah. like that due to the virus and things like that um I think La Beast is a casualty. Oh, so no. so I don't really know I don't really know how we're gonna sort this out. But yeah, the bet the the deal was this I think this is on the first day of the of last season. Mm. Obviously after a miserable season. Um I think I claimed that Ipswich would not win an away game by three goals or more. Probably ever. Yeah. Um at, at which point I was challenged, well, what are you gonna do if they do? So La Beast was the answer, but yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to have to, it, it's, I'm on their website now and it is on there. Right. But it wasn't on the menu in Peterborough, which is our main, uh, our main port of call for getting that done. So when, when theoretically is your first opportunity to tackle La Beast? Um, potentially, potentially next Tuesday, actually. Doncaster. Hello. Uh, yeah, probably don't. Yeah, prob- could be next Tuesday if we find something. This is going to be brilliant. Obviously, you you, you have to video it because um, we all want to see it. And uh, yeah, how how are you feeling about eating? It's a kilo, isn't it? Have I, have I made that up? A kilo of food. That, that, that's what they claim. But yeah. I, I, did you did you tell you about our uh, our carvery? No, he did say ask Hutchie to tell you about it. So there you go. Well, we uh, after the Blackpool game, we we went for a carvery, um, the ultimate carvery, and it was outrageous. And there was definitely more than a kilo on there. Um, yeah, we both disgraced ourselves. There. What made it? What made it the ultimate carvery? Just volume. Largely, yeah, just just volume. In, in terms of in in terms of quality, probably not ultimate standard. Um, in terms of quantity. You're getting, th- you're getting three Yorkshire puddings on there. The wettest, most gloopy stuffing in the history of time. Oh. Spo- a spoonful of mushy peas on a carvery. Mushy peas? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty that's, much. That's, that's wrong. Um, that's just wrong. What else went on there? Some Swede, uh, beef, turkey. Stu went for gammon. Wow. Uh, three sausages. Just chuck that on there as well. Jesus. Um, it was insane. So I, I imagine that probably may, weighed more than a kilogram. I, I'll be honest, I don't think the kilo La Beast is going to be a problem. Nice. Um, Confidence. It's, it's, yeah, it's not necessarily what I want to be eating. 
on the way to work. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, if it's on the menu, I'll get it done. But what what, what do I do if it's not on there? What? Well, we're gonna have to come up with some kind of home home style of that beast. I reckon get it weighed. Get it weighed. And then, but I suppose at least if you cook it at home, you know it's probably going to be much better quality. I'd imagine. Well, hold on. Have you ever been to El Mexicano? I haven't, mate. No. Yeah, well, it's great. So don't don't put it down. I'm hopeful they're going to sponsor the pod. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, great. So so yeah. As far as you're concerned, it's like a little piece of of Cancun, yeah. uh, in Peterborough. <laughs> Where else would you want that? Why not? Amazing. If you if if you're interested, locations include Baldock Beaconsfield. Or Beaconsfield, the best services going. Cambridge, Cobham, Ilford. Well, there's one in Norwich. Oh, I think it's in the shopping centre. Peterborough, uh, Reading, Romford, Southend, Uxbridge, and Worcester. Lots of opportunities for people to take on that beast. If you want to join Hutchin in tackling that beast, do send us the images and, and videos because I'd love to see that. Roscoe, you'd have absolutely no problem devouring a, a kilo of food, would you? Yeah, easy. Need to smash it, especially if it had Jaffa cakes in it. Oh, a kilo of Jaffa cakes. How ma- Imagine how many of them you'd need to make up a kilo. Because yeah. they're light as air, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, boys, I suppose we better talk about football at some point. Um, so from the sublime to the ridiculous, from the, the silly to the serious, I guess with this being a news podcast ostensibly, we have to start with the most interesting things that happened since we last spoke, which sadly um, has been James Norwood charged with drink driving, um, which happened on Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, I just should um, give you the facts if you've, if you've not heard it. So he's been charged with drink driving. Uh, the case, I think, was meant to be heard earlier this week, but it's now been put back to December the 8th. Um, he recorded 58 micrograms of alcohol in 100 millilitres of breath. The legal limit is 35. Um, so well over the legal limit um and that was uh in chapel road cockfield <clears throat> in august which i think was the the day of the cambridge united game actually you'll be um ultimately right on that is the day uh, the day after the day after so well, obviously we, sorry carol so the day after obviously we, we don't know the, the details of the case it's still to go to court but that could you know that could be the early hours of the day after or it could be any time the day after could yeah it? we don't we don't know i should say um clearly with the uh, a court case or any kind of legal proceedings when proceedings are active we have to be very careful what we say and as Hutchie said it's um it's not been heard in court yet um but I, I suppose all we can say Hutchie really is it's just disappointing news for, for James and um and for the club as a whole yeah it, it really is isn't it it's not for James of course dis- disappointing I don't know if that's the word or not but it drink driving isn't something you can make an excuse for it's reckless selfish mm and can cost people their lives and ruin people's lives too. It's a, it, it's not, it's not a good thing, but it's also extremely disappointing for James and, and for the, for the club as well. Um, there's not an awful lot more to say on that really. Um, clearly, clearly, obviously the case is still to be heard in court. Um, mm. So before you even start thinking about what happens next after that, that's that's the most important thing that has to happen next. But I also hope the club, the club are offering offering him the help and support that he will need at this time as well, regardless of what he has and hasn't done. Um, that's what I'd hope for from from my employer if I made a mistake, admittedly a very big mistake. Hmm. But um, yeah, there's, there's not an awful lot more to say on that. It's extremely regrettable for for him and for the club. 
Mm, I said disappointing for. I mean, obviously it is disappointing for him, but it's also disappointing from him, as you say. Yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> so uh, we best move on. As I say, there's not a lot we can we can say about that other than just to, to mark it if you've missed it, and also as as we say, just disappointing all round. Um, the other thing that's happened since we last spoke is there was another 23 game on Tuesday, Hutchie, which I thought was interesting because um, it was quite a strong side. Uh, Luke Wolfenden played, Jack Lancaster played, Keenan Bennett played and scored. Um, Liam Gibbs was in there as well. I mean, is there anything we can take from seeing the likes of, of Luke Wolfenden in, in under-23 action? Is it literally just to get some some minutes in the legs, do you think? He only played a half. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine so. I, I think the fact it was at Colchester makes yeah. it a bit... And, and it was played in the stadium, wasn't it? Um, yeah. At Colchester, it makes those games that little bit more in, enticing to for, for Paul Lambert to opt to give some of the more senior guys a go. Um, I don't think they would have sent Luke Wolverton and Jack Lancaster on a minibus to, to Cardiff to play an <laughs> under-23 game, for an example, but just down the road at, at Colchester in the main stadium. I... Paul, Paul's made it very clear what he thinks of under-23 football, and I'd agree with him. The intensity isn't there. It's it's not a patch on senior football. But if you're not playing games, I, if I was a football player and I was I was stuck to the bench like Luke Wolfenden in particular is at the moment, I'd I'd be absolutely gagging. I'd be knocking on the manager's door saying, look, the 23s are at Colchester on on Tuesday. I want to play. I, mm. Like It's better than going training, isn't it? You thought so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm glad he played in it. Um, Jack Lancaster, I know, is he just wants to play football. He'd play in every game that he was allowed to play in if he could. Mm. Um, and and clearly Bennett is needing a bit of bit of something in his legs as well. So no, it's a shame. A shame nobody was able to see the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting that those guys are being given given a few minutes. It makes sense to me. Mm. Also, should mention obviously Corey and Darbo, Armando Dobra, Brett McGavin, Liam Gibbs, all, all involved. Um, there was also a new name for me who scored along with uh, with Bennett's Albie Armin, a young defender. Roscoe, I know you've obviously been involved with the uh, with the youth teams at town. Is there anything you can tell us about about Albie? No. Good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm li- uh, is a, have you seen the goal? It's a really good header. Was it a yeah. header from a corner? It was really yeah, it was good. a header. Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> I'm led to believe that he's had a really good, really good kind of summer pre-season time. I don't, I'm not convinced I've seen him play for the 23s. Um, 23s is as low as I'm kind of able to go in terms of watching the town youth teams because the the 18s play on first team match days. But I don't remember seeing him for any particular length of time. But um, by all accounts, he's had a really good, a really good summer. and clearly, clearly he can head the ball. So yeah, that's a that's another another one to look out for going forward. Indeed, new scholars. He's a left back. Am I right? Yeah, left back. Yeah. Left so back. yeah. Okay. Well, remember that name, Albi Armin. Um, in terms of other names, obviously transfer deadline day tomorrow. We had a brief chat about it on Monday with uh, with Stewie, but we know Stewie's on record as saying transfer deadline day is not something he particularly enjoys. Whereas Hutchie, you are the phone whisperer. The gatherer of rumours and gossip. Um, it's very much in your wheelhouse. Um, transfer deadline day tomorrow. It's not traditionally an exciting day at Ipswich Town. Um, is it going to be any more exciting than we expect tomorrow, Hutchie? Sorry, mate. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it is. Um 
it, it seems pretty mad to me that it could well be that Ipswich's permanent transfer business this summer all happened on the same day in in August because all those three permanent deals got over the line. I think it was August the 17th. Cornell, Hawkins and Stephen Ward all signed on the same day. And, and yeah. that, that could well... Could well be it. Three permanent exits in, in Will Keane, Jordan Roberts and Danny Rowe. Three permanent ins in Cornell, Hawkins and Ward. McGuinness and Bennett's on loan. And that could well be it in terms of incomings. There's a few young young outgoings, which we've we've talked about most of them before on here, which which could well happen by the end of the day. But it, that, that's probably as exciting as it's going to get. Although I would never... I would never, ever completely write off some left field late in the day incoming. I've learned that learned that the hard way in the past. Well said, Hutchie. So that, that makes it all the more important you follow it with us. <laughs> yeah, um, right right up until 5pm. Right, right up until the bitter end. I guess, I mean, obviously Dobra's probably going to be the most interesting thing, isn't it, in terms of potential outgoings it sounds like in Darba and McGavin and, and people like that who perhaps may have gone out on loan will, will probably stay put for the time being yeah Dobra's Dobra's the interesting one um I still don't know what I think about it and it, it, we talked about this quite at, in depth last week and it's got it's just got to be the right club for me it's mm. are Crawley the right club by the, by the looks of things they They've played a few different formations this, this this season, which worries me in some ways, but interests me in others. Um, if they're chopping and changing system, we saw with Anthony Georgiou here last year that with wingers and wide players, attacking players, if you're chopping and changing your system, the wingers are the ones that can fall through the gaps and uh, suddenly not be not be playing the football you expect. But then again, they've also used a kind of a 4-2-3-1 system, which is similar to what Ipswich are playing at the moment. Dobra can play in any of the three attacking roles there. And by all accounts, they're playing some decent football, but lacking creativity. So that that screams Dobra to me. Mm. So if, if Ipswich are confident that that's, he's going to go there and play a role that's going to suit him, then then I'm all for it. What I really don't want to see happen is for him to go there and, and basically be Anthony Georgiou and, and never make a league start, um, be waiting in the wings and not and not playing. Um, mm. But I would be very very interested to see how he does get on if that if that move does if that move does go through with the others. Um, I think there has there have been clubs that have shown interest in in Darba, McGavin, etc. But I think. Possibly injury at, at Ipswich may dictate that a little bit. Lambert's already said about Ndaba that, that Ward's injury is one that may impact whether they let him go or not. Hmm. And the once stacked midfield um, has grown that little bit more thin, hasn't it? With skews and downs out for, for months. Nolan shouldn't be out for too long with a calf injury, uh, which kept him out of the weekend. Bishop came off in that game with a back injury. Um, hopefully he's okay, but all of a sudden, if those guys are out, you're 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 in the territory where you you need Brett McGavin. So it could well be that the injury here dictates what happens with them. But much like Dobra, where are we now? Fifteenth of October. With it's two two months until the transfer windows open again. It's not it's not like the end of August, like mm. it is like it is normally. So if someone is here needed for cover, 
they won't have to wait too long before before potentially being able to get out on loan again in January. Hmm. We'll follow that all with us tomorrow, live online from six AM tomorrow morning. Hutchie's also putting together a little bit today, which will which will go online later today. That's Thursday, looking at what might happen, basically just what we've talked about. So give that a look as well. Um, boys, I think that's probably it for news since we last spoke. So I'd like to propose now we move on to a bit of a rare mailbag um, to see what the KY Army have got to say. So Hutchie, would you be so kind as to do the honours of singing the mailbag song? Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark Andy Ross to dip into the mailbag. Do do. Nailed it. I remembered it. Excellent, because that's normally Stu's role. Um, this first question is for Roscoe. Dylan says, has Ross put any bets on Guion being the League One top scorer this season yet? He's at 66-1 to 1 currently. Ooh. Surely worth a tenner. So, obviously, at the moment, Guion Edwards is both Ipswich Town's league leading scorer, as Roscoe, Rostradamus, rightly predicted at the start of the season. He's also League One's leading scorer, tied at the moment. So, Ross, are you been tempted to put a little bit of cash on the, on the the wing wizard, wizard, Suffolk gigs. No. <laughs> you're, a man, you're a man of few words today, Ross. No. Excellent. Uh, okay. We'll yeah, move on. Yeah. We'll move on. We'll go to uh, friend of the show, Harvey Davis, the sweet Welsh prince. Um, he says, I'd be giving the Welsh Neymar, again, I think that means Will Edwards, a new contract ASAP. Hutchie, Harvey says, am I right in thinking he's only signed a new 12-month extension at the end of last season? So do, do we know his contract situation with, with Guion? Um, they were talking about it at the end of last season. He's one of the army of players that are, are all out of contract at the end of the season. I think I think Ipswich have... Yeah, he's out of contract at the end of the season. They were talking about a new one. Eight mm. of the starting 11 at Blackpool are all out of contract at the end of the year. Which, which is mad. Yeah. Um. There's there's clearly an awful lot of contract work that needs to be done, um, at Ipswich. But f- to, I think the only players under contract beyond the end of the season that started the weekend were Holy, Kenlock, and Hawkins. Wow. Um. Which is is crazy. Yeah. Quite honest. And then there's plenty of other kind of influential players beyond that that like Nolan's out at the end of the season Jackson's out at the end of the season Cole Skews is out at the end of the season so um those negotiations didn't didn't come to a conclusion with Edwards uh, that before the before the shutdown yeah. um then there's now the salary cap to think about um I think what's pretty clear is that there's going to be a a fair amount of players move on at the end of the season. But if you're starting to do some of those deals now, Guion's probably going to have pushed himself up the, up the queue mm. a little bit. I imagine, I imagine one that he, he was one that they were probably looking at getting done in any case because of a, any kind of potential sell on value that might be there, at, if nothing else. And then, and then also the fact they paid good money for him, which um, you don't just let your investments drift away to, mm. to nothing. Mm. Martin also asked a similar question. He just says, if any idea of towering contract talks with Edwards, Bishop and Dazell, considering they're all free agents in the summer. But So as far as you're aware, I, I guess it's just kind of ongoing process, is it, Hutchie, with, with those guys? Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah well, Dazell, Dazell's one they've been trying to sort and talk about for, for months. Yeah. Um, 
but it's a, probably a probably a slightly different discussion now that he's a central figure in in the team. So mm. there's an awful lot of contract work that's going to need to be done um, mm. over the over the next few months. I'd have thought. Mm. FPL Tractor says with six games in eighteen days coming up and our midfield depth running low, will Lambert, formerly the Honey Badger, be looking for one or two to fill in? For instance, could Wolfenden play the Dazelle role if he needs a game off? Could Judge play the Bishop role? If fit, even KVY for a game. What do you reckon, Roscoe? Are there any any players that could that could fill in? I mean, Wolfenden playing the Dazelle role, for example, would that work? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think definitely Judge. <laughs> Judge did really well at Blackpool because he yeah. um, he was playing out wide at first, and then during the second half, he then went in the middle. And I think that's where Judge likes to play anyway. He likes to be in the middle of everything and being part of it. So mm. definitely, Judge can fill that void there. But Wolfenden. Playing Dazelle's role, no, I don't really see it. Like he's he's good on the ball, Wolfenden, but he's not as good on the ball as Dazelle. So, yeah, no, I don't think we'll we'll see him play there. Dave Gort wants to know: only a handful of games in, I know, but with the settled formation and style of play that Lambert's adopted this season, the players know the roles of each position, one to eleven. I feel more and more frustration for last season, which is what it could have been like. Should I let this go, Hutchie? I think the answer is yes there, isn't it? Yeah, always let things go. Don't yeah. don't hold on to things that you can't control or change. Let it go. Enjoy where it's at now, is what I would say. Um, obviously, the the past can shape your opinions, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hung up on it. I'd uh, I'd let it go. On the last question, isn't isn't Thomas Holy now the the central <laughs> midfield option? I I, I, I read Stu's. Uh, Stu's bit earlier in the week with with Holy talking about uh, his previous life playing in midfield and knocking the ball about. That's um, that's the that's the answer. Forget Luke Wolfenden. Have we ever seen a six foot nine midfielder in the history of football? <laughs> Not I. I certainly haven't. I would I would pay good money to see it. I think I would. I think I'd pay fourteen ninety five just to see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Andrew Woodfield says uh, while they're all saying the classic, we hope to get back fans back soon. Do you think the players actually prefer it without the pressure? They play with so much more joy and freedom at times now. I worry they'd crumble if fans came back. I mean, obviously, that is definitely a, a storyline so far in this season. It, it's perhaps, we've talked about it a couple of times on the pod, been a blessing in some ways that Town have been able to start the season without fans, given the way that last season ended. But what do you reckon, Hutchie? Players enjoy playing without fans more? I, I, surely not. If you're a professional mm. athlete, you, you want fans there, don't you? I'm not sure enjoy is the right word. I think they might have benefited. Yeah. Um but I I think you I think Toto and Siala um has benefited from it and that's a good thing. But I I if you ask him I don't think he would tell you that he enjoys it. I think they all want they all want fans there. Paul Lambert's mm. Paul Lambert's made it clear that he doesn't want he doesn't want his players enjoying this. Um he wants them he wants them to relish having 20,000 fans in the stadium and what comes with that, the highs and the lows of it. That's football, he says. And, and I and I agree with him. I don't think they're enjoying it, but I think there are there is an argument that, that some of them have benefited from it. Yeah. And of course there's no there's no update as to as to when fans might be back. I think we have everything that's going on nationally and the mood music and obviously cases increasing. All over the place, uh, you know. I, I can't see fans being back anytime soon. Uh, I'd be interested to see what what town do 
in that respect, Hutchie, won't it? With with season ticket holders obviously not now being able to go to games for a lot longer than expected. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've we've spoken about this a lot as well, haven't we? I think mm. I think most season ticket holders would have signed up for their season ticket more in hope than expectation, potentially of of seeing of seeing live games. But I think we all hoped that there would be there would be the prospect of that of that by now. Um, mm. I, I think I agree with you. It's hard to. Whatever we whatever we say and think about people going to watch us and Wenger at the Palladium or mm. things at the Royal Albert Hall, um, it, it does feel difficult to imagine football fans coming back right now. I think the argument is actually whether they should be going to the Albert Hall r- rather than whether whether they should be going into football stadiums. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the club do. There, I think there are. Marcus Evans has said they're going to look at more his words, make goods, which is not an expression I particularly like. Um, could they start allowing season ticket holders to watch the away games for free on iFollow? You'd hope so. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems an obvious one to me. I imagine there's probably some there's probably some some difficulties there in that some of that revenue goes to the home club hmm. uh, and things like that, but. That's an obvious one. That that would be an obvious one to me. Yeah, I think I'm I'm right in saying there are discussions ongoing behind the scenes, but a lot of obviously towns' hands tend to be kind of tied by what the EFL want to do. Yeah, and led by that. So um, I, I know it's something that, that the club are at least talking about anyway. Um, Will Airy, which of our first team squad, Roscoe, is most likely to get a call up for the next round of international matches, excluding the likes of Dobra? And Baggett, Baggett, Elkin Baggett, of course, now officially bigger than the club on Instagram. Yeah. Um, 100,000 likes on Instagram compared to 75,000, I think, for town. So other than those two, Hutchie, um, Roscoe, can you can you see anyone from the first team getting an international call-up? Your boy, Guion? Duh, uh, you never know. Crazy things have happened before. You know, <clears throat> Johnny Williams scored for Wales recently, yeah. and he's now playing League One football with Charlton, I think. Um, so... You know, crazy things happened before. Um, I don't know if Downs or well, Downs injured, so ignore that. Yeah. Um, Dazelle possibly, maybe. You know, for his youth level, I don't know what. I don't know. He probably won't be playing under twenty ones football anymore, will he, for England? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of good players in front of him, so I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. What are you saying, Hutchie? Anyone that you can think of? I think Down um, Dazelle will be doing well to make it into the under twenty one squad from League One. Yeah. Um, I looked. I looked through the. I saw this question. I had a little look through the squad this morning, and I think genuinely, probably Guion Guion Edwards is the the one that that you look at that that might be edging towards a senior call. I know, we we know that Ryan Giggs is aware of him. Yeah. Um. So he's got he's got under twenty one caps in the past. I think of all of them. It, it sounds like Alan Judge's uh, Republic of Ireland career may have may have kind of had a door closed on it for now. Um, but yeah, Gwion Edwards is probably the one, if if any. Um, if any, I would say. I'm not sure anyone's going to be getting senior call-ups for now, but may- maybe, maybe Gwion Edwards. Come on, Giggsy, get Gwion in the side. Um, Stephen Smith, even the pes- ever the sorry, ever the pessimist as a town fan, but the new wage cap and lack of money this year, um, with the new wage cap and lack of money this year, how different do you think the squad would look next season if we aren't promoted? I almost think we'd have to start again. 
Hutchie, we don't we can't countenance town not being promoted this season. But um how bad do you think it would be if they weren't in terms of the squad? Well, we talked about we talked about the contract situation earlier, didn't we? And there's so many of them out of contracts that you could probably imagine mm. moving on in uh, in the summer should should their their the promotion not be achieved. Like just look look at it. Like Stephen Ward, one year contract, thirty five, could easily move on. Luke Chambers and Cole Skews, advancing years. Mm. Not slam dunks for new contracts, particularly Skews at the moment, who's not who's not playing. Then you've got people like Nolan Bishop, um, who you'd think they'd give new contracts to. But then Alan Judge is is he one that if he doesn't nail down a place this year, do you think that actually in terms of the salary cap, he's one that you might have to shed? Freddie Sears similar situation. Dazelle's contracts not a certain to get done. Emir Hughes, another one who's obviously been on a, on a good wage for a long time um, at, at Ipswich. Is he one that you get to the end of the season and you think salary cap, it just doesn't work here? Um, mm. I think I think a lot of it's going to be shaped by who emerges as a first eleven, which um, which is interesting, obviously, because Lambert is is committed to those players keeping their place and a first eleven could emerge now, whereas it couldn't before. But yeah, I think there's gonna be there could well be some big name players that, that do move on at the end of the season in significant number of them as well. Hmm. That's if they don't get promoted, of course, and, and hopefully we won't yeah. be in that in that situation. View from the U two, Roscoe, I think he's one of your game day my ITFC fans, isn't he? Yeah, top lad. Yeah. What's his name? Matt. Matt, Matt then, view from the U2. He says, hey guys, I'm loving having a more settled side and system this season, but when do we think Lambert will buckle to the pressure of players wanting game time and start rotating again? I hope last season's lunacy is a thing of the past, but will our huge squad become frustrated? Cheers. So, Roscoe, what do you reckon? Is Lambert, obviously, he's sticking to his gun so far. He's had a very settled team, um, and that's been reflected well in the results. But do you think there will come a time where he'll start to tinker again? Uh, possibly, you know, once again, we are very injury prone, so there could be some more injuries on the horizon. I've just jinxed it there, but, you know, you just know it's going to happen because, and we've got like six games in 18 days coming up or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, I think during that time, you know, I think we need to rest some players maybe. I know they're professional athletes, but there's still, you know, it could be times where you just don't want to, because there's still player like Hughes and stuff who've got um, injury problems, so... Yeah, I think at some point he will make a few changes here and there, but nothing, hopefully nothing too drastic in terms of like changing the goalkeeper, changing formation. Mm-hmm. I think he's happy with. What do you reckon, Hutchie? Does he does he need to to tinker? I mean, obviously um, Ross there has mentioned the six games in eighteen days, but and obviously Town have got a big squad. But do, does he need to start switching players in and out? Do from my point of view, if I'm a player at a football team and I know if I'm playing well in the side, I stay in the side. That's what I want, isn't it? That's fair for everyone. They know where they stand. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But I've also got no problem with one or two changes between games. The problem that the problem that was there last season was the games where it was quite consistently four or five, but more importantly, changing the system. Um, mm. That that was the big issue that I had with it last year. I've got no problem with tinkering with a, the odd one or two game uh, changes between games especially at a time like 
is coming up where it's, it's packed midweek schedule, six games in a really short space of time. Um, I'd have, I, I'll be honest, I'd have no problem with, with one or two changes between games as long as you're still kind of rewarding the players that are, that have played well. You, you can miss a game, but but if you if it's for a kind of a freshness reason, if that if your replacement hasn't done enough to claim the place, then then it's yours again when you've you've rested your legs a little bit. I think that that that's the art of management here. And more interestingly, I'd be interested to see how Lambert reacts when when a sticky spell comes because it will come. Yeah. Um. That that's when I think you can truly start to look at the change of approach this year and. And how much he'll stick to his guns in that in that regard, because I think you can judge a manager quite heavily actually on on how they react when things aren't going well. Mm. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, we don't have to see that for a little while yet, but I'm sure at some point that sticky patch will come. The old uh, Martin Luther King quote, isn't it? The true measure of a man is not times of conformity and convenience; it's at times of conflict. So we shall see. Uh, Matt Thomas, friend of the show, says, given the transfer window shuts on Friday, do you envision us ever troubling any of our top five transfer fees any time in the next five years? What do you reckon, Hutchie? Can you no. see within five years? It's not going to happen, is it? I mean, potentially, I guess, in terms of outgoings, downs maybe. Um, yeah, in but, terms of outgoings maybe. But, but not, not not incomings. <laughs> no, no. Um those I think I think Matt's referenced it in his question actually from memory, but those those deals that we're talking about as kind of top end signings, Horidison, Sereni, yeah, um, even Marcus Stewart, that's they're twenty years ago. Yeah. And Ipswich have got nowhere near that since. So um no, it's very difficult to imagine five million pounds being spent on a player in the next five years unless Lambert produces a Norwich-esque back-to-back, um, back-to-back promotion from this point mm. on. But um, I, I think I'm happy to stick with no on this yeah, one. I think I'll back you there. Just just for dotting the I's and crossing the T's point of view, um, Matt says Serini 4.75 million, Horizon 4.5 million, George 3.1 million, Bent 3 million, and Stewart 2.75 million, all more than 19 years ago. Final question. Uh, where are we? Uh, Tom Lawrence wants to know, and this is probably one for you, Hutchie. Any idea what Marcus Evans' stance was on the proposed Big Six project, big picture bailout thing? Acting to owner Andy Holt's great at explaining these things. What will happen next? So, do you have any idea? I mean, obviously, Lambeau came out with some quotes from Lambeau about project big picture, but any idea what, what Marcus' stance is, Hutchie? Um, I think there was a loose support for it. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, beyond that, I, I can't really tell you. But um, um, I think there are clearly there'll be some things in there that he would like, uh, as and Ipswich would like as a club, and some things in there that they maybe maybe didn't like quite so much. But in terms of a stance, I don't. Well, we're probably not going to hear a club stance on it now because it's been it's been chucked aside, hasn't it? But um, um, I think there was a loose a, a loose support for it. Um. Um, we have had one more question, but unfortunately it's for Stu from Sindre. So we'll have to leave that till next week, Sindre, um, if I remember. Uh, boys, I think it's now time. We've done mailbag. I think it's now time that we move seamlessly into the highlight of any podcast. And that is, of course, the strike. 
Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike! Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross! Comfy on my beds. I think Hutchy is as well. Separate beds. I think Keithy is in his spare room. So let's get into the strike. <laughs> what a segue! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, same format as ever. Yeah. Let's jump into Blast from the Past. Who yes. is going to come out the door this week? Which player is it going to be? It's Kevin Lisby, of course. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, he turns 42 this week. He uh, scored seven goals in 45 games, uh, with him scoring on his debut on the opening day of the 2008-09 season. But who was it against? Uh, was it Burnley, Preston or Plymouth? Town lost this, lost this game 2-1 at Portman Road. Uh, what were the options? Burnley, Preston or Plymouth? Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth. Okay. I'm going to go Preston. And it is Preston. Duh. How did you know that? Actually, what's your... How he knows, ev- know? he knows everything. He knows everything. It's boring. <laughs> how, I, I, yeah, I, I, I was there. That's how I know. And, and then from there, um, I remembered it. <laughs> that's, that's how I managed to know that one. It's like yeah. Slumdog Millionaire all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one nil Hutchie. Yeah. Let's get into town flashback. And uh, in 1997, and we posted this on Twitter. Uh, town knocked out Man United in the third round of the League Cup or the Wolverton Cup, I think back then. Yeah. Uh, but who did they eventually lose to in the quarterfinals when Town actually got very far in a cup? Um, and of course, this team actually went on to win that cup that season. Uh, was it Chelsea, Middlesbrough, or Liverpool? Uh, I think it was Middlesbrough. I think it was Chelsea. It was Chelsea. Oh. Was, it on, was it on penalties? Yeah, I Did think they lose so, on yeah. penalties? Yeah, I think it was 2-2 in normal time. And then, yeah. Remember Rude, Rude Hullet played in that game and was brilliant. What a player. Yeah. Yeah, he was quite good, wasn't he? He was, he was all right, wasn't he, the boy Rude? All right, so it's 2-0. Right. I can't win, can I now, Ross? Uh, not really, but yeah. we'll, we'll continue. Yeah. We'll continue because it's got to have a bit of a numbers game. <laughs> now, how many goals did Caden Jackson score for Aquiton Stanley in 50 games for them? Is this just one where you pluck the number out of the air? Yeah. So go on, Hutch, you go, you go first. Um, 17. Okay. Uh, how many games did he play? 50. 50. Hutchie said 17. I reckon he scored 18. 16. Oh, come on. So there you go. It's a whitewash. Is there a tiebreaker? I have got one if you fancy it. Let's do it. So this is a golden goal. 
No, I'm joking, Nacho. You're, you're still one. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yes, my boy Guion, he's on fire with four goals this season, if you yeah. don't know already. Um, how many goals has he scored in total for town so far in 77 games? So, four this season, and how many did he score in his previous two seasons? I'm going to say nine. Okay. I'm going to say eight. It's my favourite number, and I think Hutchie's favourite number too. It's 12. Oh. oh. So, but I've, been, I've been absolutely hammered there, 4 0 by the Hutch man. Yeah. Absolutely smashed. My boys have taken one hell of a beating. So after the Lord Mayor's show of your victory last week. Exactly. You came back and you put things right in <laughs> emphatic, emphatic fashion. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Barry's just popped in. Hi, Baz. You ready to do the outro? Top man. Hi guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. It's nice that Barry's got things to do still these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, popping in here and there, yeah. We're keeping him in, in gainful employment, I think. Yeah. Um, right then, boys. Obviously, we've done the meat of the show. We have to mention before we go, Town are playing Accrington Stanley this weekend. Sixth place, Accrington Stanley. A top six clash at Portman Road. Um, how are we feeling about this, actually? Because we keep saying this is going to be a game that tells us more about Town. Uh, in terms of the placing in the league, I guess this is the, the best opposition they've played so far. Accrington have got three Chelsea low knees. Um, so they've got the, they've got some talent there. How are you feeling about this game? I think the day the day that Ipswich Town go with this is with the greatest respect to a, a club that I've really enjoyed visiting in the past. Accrington, um, mm-hmm. lovely lovely people, really good club. But the day the day that Ipswich Town go into a, a home game against Accrington, not feeling really confident that they should come out winners. At the end of it is a pretty dark, a pretty dark day, mm. um, and I would say the same about, I'd say the same about this game. Um, fully, I'm fully expecting them to win. Um, I don't think it will quite be the the four one victory that that we saw. Um, I think it was back in January time. I think that's when Ipswich went back top of the league again. That's right, actually, yeah, in yeah. January. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will be like that. I think it will be a little tighter. Um, I don't think it'll be like the four-one victory last weekend either. I think it'll be tighter, but I do. Uh, I do think they'll win this one, and I, I think you have to be, you have to be confident of um, of another three points from this game. Do you think Lambert will do anything with the team? Can you foresee any any changes? I think injury will dictate that. If Ward's if Ward's good to go, obviously we're, we're recording this on Thursday. We'll get all the injury updates from from Lambert tomorrow morning, Friday. Um, yep. If Ward's good to go, he'll come back in. Um, hopefully Bishop is... Bishop's okay following his his back injury. I hope he's fine. Nolan could come back in for Hughes if he's good to go. Um, and then I think that I think those are the changes. I think it will be di- dictated by injury. Hawkins will go up top again. I think Judge did enough to, to start again in the wide role ahead of ahead of Sears and clearly um clearly Guion Edwards is a is a lock 
mm. on the uh, on the wing. So um, yeah, I think it'll be dictated by injury, but um, there may well be changes. But it would almost feel like a, a kind of a, a settled side. Yeah, should well, those, should those go Ipswich's way? Roscoe, how are you feeling about this? Have you have you run the simulation on FIFA yet? No, so I'll have to wait and see what that says. But last time I did it against Blackpool, we won one nil and uh, Ollie Hawkins scored. So it's not very realistic that. But, but, uh, town, but town won, so it got it right. Yeah, yeah you can't all. you can't ask for too much more. They no, did yeah. they, they did at least win. Yeah. yeah. So what, what how are you feeling about this one then, Ross? Hutchie oh. says it's going to be a a game that Town will win. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm the same. I think if it was at Accrington, of course, that is our bogey sort of ground. You know, last time we've gone there, we've lost both games. And they've mm. both been on a Sunday at 12 o'clock, which have been horrible. Um, I think it's been both at 12 o'clock. I know the last game was at 12 o'clock, wasn't it? When we lost 2-0 on telly. So, thankfully, it's not on telly. Um, but that hoodoo's gone now because we beat Wigan, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> so Ex- Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 see, I see a nice little win here, hopefully. Um, yeah, not as not as as convincing as Blackpool. Four one at home would be nice, but nah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get predictions underway straight away. I'm gonna go two nil, clean sheet. Two, two nil to Town. Who's gonna score, Ostradamus? Ooh, do you know what? Guion's not gonna score in this game. He's not, not gonna score. No. Oh, okay. I think. Are we uh, gonna get? Are we gonna get a striker goal finally? Yes. Guion's gonna assist Hawkins with a header. Nice. And maybe Toto. Why not Toto as well? Oh, I'd love that. A towering yeah. header from a corner for Big Totes. No, no, in Ciara as we're calling him now. Yeah. Um, Hutchie, what are you saying? You said they're going to win. What's the score going to be? Who's yeah. going to score? I was also going to say two nil. And um, I've got a hunch that um, I've got a hunch that Caden Jackson might get one off the bench just to muddy the waters of the uh, the striker selection situation a little bit. I think he might. I think he might get the second. Who's going to get the first? Uh, Alan Judge. Oh, wow. Is, is going to get the first. There we go. This just in. Yep. So you're both saying 2-0. Excellent. That should be a, a fine result indeed this weekend. Um, we should mention before we go, uh, Roscoe, you've got your Game Day Extra Time podcast yes. recording tonight. So look out for that. Listen to that before the game. All the fans having their say. You've also done a, a My ITFC video with none other than a MasterChef winner. Am I right in saying? Uh, it's tomorrow, but yes, it's uh, it's going to happen. Steve, Steve Groves, who won the yes. show, uh, I think, in 2009, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and is now, I believe, the head chef at one of um, Michelle Rue's restaurants in London, yes. one of, the, one of the, uh, the very fine dining restaurants you can go to in London. Uh, it'd be fascinating to hear what he's got to say about town and also hopefully he'll give us the recipe we can all try at home, maybe. Um, what else have you got coming up, Roscoe? Uh, there's another one today with Cole Fuller, the man who does the... Ah. Uh, that's going to be basically going to be uploading in three minutes. So, Super. on Thursday. And of course... Excellent. Oh. I can speak now. Okay. Uh, and of course, my career mode series, which... Uh, I recorded one yesterday, and it's an absolute belter of an episode. I'll, I'm going to post it in our group <laughs> chat. Even if you say so yourself. Uh, I'll, honestly, I'll send you the, the little clip. You, you're yeah. going to go, wow. Just, yeah, wait for that. What Superb. constitutes an absolute belter of an episode of watching a a man play FIFA? Oh, right, I'm just going to say it now. Basically, 
I was playing Accrington, my first league game in League One as a manager. Yeah. And in the 90th minute, Accrington were about to score a late winner. Thomas Holy with an absolute great save. And then I go down the other side of the pitch and Andre Dezel. Guion Edwards crossed it in. Andre Dezel, 92nd minute winner. And Did... Producers Ross era has kicked off with a win. With the with absolute scenes, with the limbs. Oh, mate, yeah. And the commentary, oh, brilliant. Excellent. I look forward to, to watching that. Hachi, have you got anything to add before we take our leave? Uh, no other business. No other business. All, all I need to say then is just um, hit subscribe on your various podcast providers. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, that's really helpful for us visibility-wise in the charts. And follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Look out, as I say, for, for Roscoe's game day extra time and also his career mode videos. Follow Deadline Day tomorrow with us from 6am. Lambo's press conference is at 8.30 tomorrow when no doubt he'll kill it stone dead. But still follow it with us. Uh, have yourself a great end to the week. Enjoy the game at the weekend if you are watching. And we'll talk to you again on Monday. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.